Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, August 24th, 2014. My name is Leah, and I'm your moderator. The share ID for Friday, August 22nd, is 6784. That's 6784. This morning, A Vision for You presents Chapter 3, More About Alcoholism. The big book teaches us we have a twofold illness, the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. The allergy of the body is a bad problem. However, the big book teaches us that we have a problem worse than that. The big book says our main problem is in our mind. Here to speak about Chapter 3, more about alcoholism, is Charles, a recovered compulsive overeater from Yonkers, New York. And it is now my pleasure to welcome Charles. Good morning, everybody. My name is Charles. Um, I always say I eat too much. Um, For me, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, that's the first step for me, just to keep it up front. And uh, thank you, Leah, for your service. And uh, thank you, visionaries. Um, do we read the chapter first, or we just we just go? You just go, Charles. Okay, we just go. All right. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Um, so yeah, more about alcoholism. Uh, page thirty. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. This this page is 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 critical for my recovery, right? Um, I thought I could eat like normal people, time after time after time after time again, and uh, I would eat without any boundaries, and then I would try to overexercise to control my weight. And I put in parentheses. I did some study in here, and I did some research. Uh, I love this chapter. This chapter. Um, this chapter is dear to my heart and, uh, you know, <laughs> control, right? It lists it five times on this page, um, and, and it just shows me that I have no control. Um, so pretty much this 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 this, uh, this page is, is, is critical. Uh says that um, I'm going to just read a, a couple, just like the first chapter. Most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily and, men- and mentally different from his fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. The idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. Um, The delusion that we are like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. Yeah, uh, I had to be be willing uh, to smash it. However, uh, for some, you know, I asked myself a couple of questions. Wait a minute, Charles, are you a real composable overeater? Yes. 
did you try to control your eating? Yes. Um, are you a normal eater? No. Are you an abnormal eater? Yes. And for, 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 for some strange reason, well, not really a strange reason, maybe just self-will, um, obesity, diabetes, impotency, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol and things like of those nature could not convince me um, until I conceded, right, to my innermost self that I'm a real composer overeater. Uh, and that's the, that's the time when things start to turn around for me. You know, every day in, rec- in recovery, miracles happen when I admit that I'm out of control. Like, I need this program um, for real. Uh, you know, last night I was, uh, you know, I, I, I got a bad toothache. And it, excuse me? Oh, I thought I heard somebody. Um, Yeah, so last night I had a bad toothache, and, and, and uh, I mean, it was like, wow, right? Like, and, you know, some things you just got to, you just got to, you know, stem the tide. And I was like, honey, could you just make sure you wake me up by like 7.30 so I could be prepared because, you know, um, I like to show up on time, man. Like my disease is not, my disease, my disease is working its 12-step program to destroy me. I'm clear. It's probably working 12 traditions too. It's doing push-ups, it's doing pull-ups, it's doing calisthenics. It's, it's probably going to its meeting to try to, to to destroy me, and I'm clear on that. I'm real clear. Um, you know, just for today, I know, you know, I live in, I live in step 10, 11, and 1, right? Um, every night I complete a 10-step. Um, every day I pray and meditate. And step one, I admit that I'm powerless when it comes to food every single day, and I turn my food over to my sponsor and my sponsees every day. On the weekends, I try to um, I try to reserve that for my family, but I always love doing service. Um, I moderate a, a meeting, uh, you know, once a week. I, I talk to my sponsees during the weekend, but uh, we we communicate every single day. I, I turn my food over. Every single day. I don't care what day it is. Right? So, top of page 31, I tried several remedies with very limited success. Diets, exercising excessively, counting calories, skipping meals, followed by a still-worth relapse. That is that is definitely hitting home for me. Um, it hit me hard, and it was the only thing that ever worked um, long-term in my lifetime, the big book. It is the only thing that worked in my lifetime. You know, not you know, not not having that diet mentality with group help. <laughs> I always hear that on the visit view. I love that. Um, this line right here on page thirty-one. Despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe that they are in that class. Wow, that is it's just coming alive in my life. I you know. That was for me for years. I was not going to admit that I was a real composer overeater. I was not going to admit that my life was unmanageable. Therefore, I was going to continue to carry on and do me where food was concerned and so on. I wasn't willing to try to control my eating. I didn't see anything wrong with binging my brains out. I didn't. I wasn't hurting you. But, you know, as I go on, in the big book, and as I as I follow this twelve step program, 
and actually indulge in in doing some step work, I I, I destroyed everybody. I affected everybody by 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 compulsively overeating. You know, really, and and, and uh, <laughs> it's just you know. I I want to stay on the chapter, but it's so hard to because, you know, like like uh like it says, I don't I don't exactly remember exactly what, but it says, you know, I'm like a tornado that runs through everybody's life, and 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 as soon as I stop, in in my case, as soon as I stop compulsively overeating, oh everything's good over here, ma. <laughs> no, it's not good. I've done a lot of damage to people, uh, where food is concerned. And and also uh, with self will, not not just in 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 binging, just in decisions I made. Um, wow, man, unbelievable. So, um, I had to fully concede, right? I had to be willing to fully concede um, that I was a compulsive overeater. And the big book is is being so nice right here, um, stating that. You know, they don't like to label anybody as an alcoholic. It pretty much is telling me you can quickly, um, quick, fast, in a hurry, diagnose yourself, step on over to the nearest bar room and try some controlled drinking. Impossible. You know, I don't know about you. Have You know, have you ever been locked and loaded in a food thought, even though you had a food plan already in place? Have you ever deviated from your food plan with a binge food and try to stop at one bite? <laughs> it wasn't hard for me to tell that there was no control in that. Every time I was in denial about my disease, I stepped on over to the nearest spot and diagnosed myself successfully that I can't stop myself. I can't stop abruptly. I know it's impossible to stop today. So page 32, um, I didn't have the desire to stop when I was a kid binging with my big brother every night. You know, I never blamed my mother because I loved food. I mean, I could tell you, um, you know, I we, we have uh, I have a, a few brothers and sisters, and my, bro- my big brother and I, and this is as a kid, right, because, you know, it says, you know, thank God I have a sponsor that says, you know what, I need I need your eating history, right? You know, I need your eating history. So, you know, I recall as a, as a young kid waiting to my, you know, my, my bedroom, it was like really in the dining room. So that was a convenient place for a compulsive overeater like me. My name is Charles. I eat too much, right? So I waited till my family uh, went to sleep and my brother would come in. And uh, you know we would just we would just just devour the pots, um, the entire pots, and then we would look out the window, and and my brother introduced me to smoking cigarettes, and that's how I went to bed every single night. So I, I don't blame I don't blame my mother, I don't blame my father, I don't blame my brother. I get better when I own up, right? So you know I I just loved it and. And I love the um, the illustration, the first one, where it says uh, the individual was bone dry, and I put in parentheses, abstinent, not recovered for 25 years. Great illustration. The individual was 30 years old. This is the big book. 
and he was free drinking, binging. He made up his mind that he would not be successful in his business, so it was a financial decision to to be bone dry, right? If he continued to drink, it would, you know, destroy his uh his business relations. So he remained bone dry for 25 years. This has reservation written all over it. It reminds me that I cannot have any reservation and that abstaining and being bone dry is not enough against the first one, against the first whatever you got. For me, against the first bite. That's what the, the big book is teaching me. The disease hates spirituality. The disease hates step work. But it can deal with abstinence alone because, for me, abstinence alone is not enough. We will learn more about self-discipline later on. I don't want to end up puzzling and humiliated anymore. So page 33, um, the top, it it didn't take long for this 55-year-old successful businessman to fall apart. Uh, Though a robust man at retirement, he went to pieces and was dead within four years. The disease don't waste time like I used to. The disease is working out while I'm sleeping. The disease is, <laughs> I said it prior, the disease is working its 12-step program to destroy me. So this illustration is very powerful. This is a one-day-at-a-time program. I don't get all braggadocious about how many days or years abstinence that I have because this example shows me if I get cocky, I can go to pieces quickly. Uh, the big book tells us young people may think they can turn the on and off switch anytime when it comes to their disease, but don't be foolish, youngins. This disease don't care what age you are. I know that I have a peculiar mental twist of being a compulsive overeater. And uh, the big book states again, to be gravely affected, one does not necessarily have to have eaten compulsively for their entire life. So page 34, when I look back, I give my higher power all the glory and the praise because I know I could have gone on binging, and I and I have gone on binging way, way too long, and I could not stop without God, God my higher power, and program. I wouldn't have stopped. I know today, right, that I'm in a danger zone every day I don't work my program. If I didn't fully concede to my innermost self or get honest with myself every day, I wouldn't be able to stop for an hour. So 24 hours a day at a time is the longest sobriety that I'm shooting for one day at a time. Uh, I know that I need to be spiritually fit every day in order to be all right one day at a time. I know, right, that the disease is trying to speed up my thinking one day at a time or, or or for the rest of my life to make recovery feel impossible. Sometimes I just need to quiet down, spend some quiet quiet time with, with, with the God of my understanding. Well, I always say the God of my overstanding. I, you know, um, I know that I can't quit because my disease don't quit. I can arrest it based on my spiritual condition one day at a time. The top of page 35 says, what type, what does it say? It says, what sort of thinking dominates an alcoholic who repeats time after time 
the desperate experience of the first drink, in my case, the first bite. Friends who have, friends who have, uh, let's see, let's see, hold on there. It's early, y'all. Remain with him with a, after a spree, which has brought him to the point of divorce or bankruptcy. Oh, my goodness. Are mystified when he walks directly into a saloon. Why does half of what, I'm sorry, guys. Why does he, of what is he thinking? (laughs) I could tell you what I was thinking. Self-will. Self-will thinking, which is the thinking that dominated my mind time time after time. Me, I was thinking about binge food, overeating, period, point blank. Self-will brought me to the point of bankruptcy. I love this first example, Jim. The big book always dresses up the individual prior to illustrating the situation. I was a, I, I could recall being a good salesperson like Jim. I thought I was intelligent. I definitely had a nervous disposition, and I became violent, um, and I had to be committed as well. While committed, I heard a lot about alcoholism as well, but I never followed through with the entire program. I would always make a beginning. In parentheses, I put get a job, look to uh, regain my financial status instead of enlarging my spiritual life. The big book is telling me after a while, if I don't enlarge my spiritual life, it's not going to be a good look for my life. And when I say that, it's just not going to be a good look. It's not going to be good. Um, even after agreeing that I'm a real compulsive overeater and in a serious condition, even with all that knowledge, that self-knowledge, with losing everything, still wasn't going to be enough to help me. Uh, page 36, with all that, I binged again and again and again, uh, knowing that I was in a serious condition like Jim. From the jump, this page is, is saying that Jim was irritated because he had to work for a concern that he once owned, resentment. I don't know if he had to work for it, but I just love the illustration, so I ain't knocking it. Um, I know that he lost that business due to his addiction. So uh, I would be resentful too, and I was resentful when I when I lost everything, so I could relate. So at the beginning of the day, he was already tight, and then he started more drama with the boss, so his head was already not right from the jump of the day. Resentments, and this tells us about resentments early on. Resentments will destroy us and block our thoughts. So check how resentments clouded my judgment and my decisions. I decided to drive, and I'm acting like I'm Jim now, so I'm identifying here instead of comparing. I decided to drive to the country to see one of my my customers at a roadside place. <laughs> he thought he was going to see somebody to uh, uh, one of his customers to buy a car. Or was that the big illusion? Or was that the justification for stopping there? Hmm. All right. So Jim is one of us. Check out check out the fact that he stated that he had no intention of drinking. You know he had that intention if he said that he had no intention. So he ordered, he's one of us, y'all, check it. 
he ordered a sandwich and a glass of milk. Then he ordered another sandwich and another glass of milk. Binging, right? Then here, here go that word. Oh my God! The the for me the most important word on this page that describes my disease. Suddenly, suddenly, right? That's how my disease works. Then his disease said, on a full stomach, he could put an ounce of whiskey in the milk, and it wouldn't hurt him. How much times have I rationalized and done the same thing when it comes to my disease? Thousands of times. And then soon thereafter, I'm back in the asylum. In the asylum. I can't blame the substance. I own my shortcomings today. Self-knowledge ain't enough. We're going to keep hearing about self-knowledge with, 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 when it comes to different individuals. Um, that gym illustration was right on point uh, where, where, where my compulsive overeating career was concerned. I will never be able to think straight unless I abstain totally. I used to think it was an extreme case until I totally conceded to my innermost self. Most of the time, I went out deliberately to binge. Those defects, man, anger, worry, fear, depression, jealousy, those things uh, lead me to propel to another binge. But they're just excuses. Uh, <laughs> really, I, I just did it because I wanted to. And that's what I learned from doing the 12 steps, just being honest and, 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 and telling the truth. I binged because I wanted to, right? Self-knowledge and all that stuff didn't help me. You know, um, I could be honest and let you know I didn't, I didn't really, when I was a kid binging, I didn't know I had a problem. You know, um, I always heard people say, man, you, you know, could you cut back a little bit? You know, you're, you're big. You know, I used to hate when they called me big man, but you know what? It's the truth. I was a big man, so. So um, <clears throat> page 37 of Jay Walker, I, I read this several times and just couldn't get it. Like, I, I just I just couldn't, I, I couldn't relate to it. But, but I get it now because every single time that I overeat, overate, I was jaywalking. I've been jaywalking for 40 years, right? So I got a thrill out of skipping in front of fast-moving vehicles. Well, fast-moving vehicles for me was, was binging on sugar. Right, that's a fast-moving vehicle for me, and I had to read this like this chapter several times to get it. The fractured skull, I get that binging. Right, within a week after leaving the hospital, on page thirty-eight, um, a fast-moving trolley breaks his arm. Binging. I did it willingly, right? So, um. Then I, I start making some some promises to get people off my back. Oh man, you're too big. You know you need to. All right, I'm 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 I'm, I'm gonna do something about it. I promise. You know. But like sometimes family, you know, people are gonna leave us because of our decisions, man. It, it's it's just it's just too much. It's too much. So I keep promising and I keep you know 
I don't have nothing behind the promise. Just, just a, just a, just a pipe dream. That's the only thing. You know, I ain't gonna do that again. I ain't gonna eat like that again. I ain't gonna, I, I, I you know, certain behaviors. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna do that. But next thing you know, I go, I go break my back, binging again. And I love how it says. <clears throat> I may think this illustration is too ridiculous. It says it two times in this chapter with different um, illustrations. But then look how clever these guys were. But is it? Is it too ridiculous? We who have been through the ringer have to admit if we substituted drinking for jaywalking, the illustration would fit exactly. If we substitute, if I substituted binging for jaywalking, the illustration would fit exactly. However intelligent we may have been in other respects where alcohol has been involved we have been strangely insane. I don't know who I'm talking to up on this vision for you. Where food was concerned, I have been insane. Insanity is repeating the same things and expecting different results. But when I reverse that in program, you know, repeating the same thing, and expecting expecting the same results, that's why I run my program every day. I need I need to do that, right? So that same insanity, if I t- flip flip that in recovery, is a good look for me. So <clears throat> page thirty nine, my body has been through the ringer, and it has been damaged because I have been a real compulsive overeater for years, for all my life. And here goes that word again, self-knowledge. It ain't going to help me or it ain't going to help Fred. So, um, yeah, I love how the big book dresses up the character before <laughs> before you hear it, everything, right? Uh, uh, you know, it says Fred is <clears throat> Fred is partner in a well-known accounting firm. His income is good. He has a fine home, is happily married, and the father of promising children of college age. He has so attractive personality, excuse me, um, that he makes friends with everyone. If there was ever a successful businessman, it was Fred. Now, here's an important word for me. To all appearance, and I put in my big book, I put, I, I underlined the word, highlighted it, I, I made it known that, that that word appearance means outside, outer, right? <clears throat> he is stable, well-balanced individual. See, the big book props you up, props up the situation, makes you see all the stuff on the outside that look good, right? And I love that. Um. <clears throat> We first, we first, we first saw Fred about a year ago in a hospital where he had gone to recover. So he was from a bad case of, of jitters. So um, he had some issues. Um, it was his first experience of this kind, and he was much ashamed of it. Oh, I could identify. I could identify being much ashamed of my situation. 
far from admitting, though, he was an alcoholic. He told himself he came to the hospital to rest his nerves. Oh, I made excuses, too. <laughs> it probably wasn't even an excuse, because I didn't want no recovery, so I could identify. The doctor intimated strongly that he might be worse than he realized. For a few days, he was depressed about his condition. He made up his mind to quit drinking altogether. It never occurred to him that perhaps he could not do so. In spite of his character and standing, Fred would not believe himself as an alcoholic. He reached, he much less, ex and then much less expect a spiritual remedy for his problem or accept a spiritual remedy for his problem. We told him what we knew about alcoholism. So, <clears throat> on page 40, there we go again. Um, he was positive that this humiliating experience, plus the knowledge he had acquired, would keep him sober for the rest of his life. Self-knowledge would fix it. The big book is always coming back with that self-knowledge piece, right? It's not, it's not enough. Even, even to get, you know, page 24 says at certain times, even a week or a month after, we can't, we can't decipher the pain we've been through, right? We can't. I can't, I couldn't either. Until I, until page 30 came in my life when I fully conceived to my innermost self, right? So, you know, just like, 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 like others, or let me just keep it on myself, just like Charles, right? I had some I had some money that could fix the problem plus you know what y'all told me uh was good information. Um so thank you. I'll be on my way. Thank you for all that, that information. But I'm good. I see y'all. So, you know, that's that's what the rest of page forty is saying. You know, he, he he definitely appreciated the views from those recovered alcoholics, but thank you, that's it. I I I don't I don't need anything else. So, you know, top of page 41, physically I felt fine. Neither did I have any pressing problems or worries. My business came off well. Here we go again with this money, with the, you know, with, with this material stuff, with this outside appearance stuff. Everything is good. I'm going, y'all, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need this program. I don't need, you know, I already know I have self-knowledge of, of of, of what went wrong, right? But I'm successful. I'm a businessman. I can buy my way out of this. <laughs> All right, so then it says he went to, a, to his hotel to legally get dressed for dinner. Suddenly. It should have, to, to me, I put suddenly. But it don't say suddenly. It says, as I crossed the threshold of the dining room, the thought, I would put suddenly, but I, but I, but I, I'm not the, I'm not the, the author. I'm just joking, y'all. But the thought came to my mind that it would be nice to have a couple of cocktails with dinner, and that's how, that's how my disease is. I could be just coming from, you know, whatever, coming from, you know, running a marathon or something, and then suddenly, the thought would cross my mind. It would be nice to have A, B, C even though ABC is not on my food plan, but who going to know? I'm not going to tell you, right? 
I'm not I'm not gonna tell my sponsor. I'm not gonna tell my sponsee because that's not gonna look good. How you know self will again and and all that pride and you know that's pride and ego for me. And those are some defects that I need to I need to to, to work out. Right? I'm not gonna tell nobody. And can I tell you I've done that? Right? I'm not gonna stay in recovery, but I'm gonna say, you know, when I was a newbie and 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 I, and I went and got outside help and and and. And I went and got a food plan from outside help, and it, it, and and I and I and I jotted down or email ABC, and but it was EFG, <laughs> but it should have been ABC. So yeah, the thought crossed my mind, right? That it would be nice. I don't know if he told anybody, but he told himself the disease was talking, right? And uh, you know that was it. Nothing more. He he ordered it. He ordered a cocktail with his meal. Then he ordered another cocktail. And get this. This is how cunning this disease is. After after dinner, he decided to take a walk. So he took a walk, and the thought, again, the thought never left. It was was, was definitely an ulterior motive. The thought never left. So he took a walk, took a nice little walk, and he was thinking, man, a, a highball would be fine. The obsession and the compulsion, I man, locked and loaded, right? Then he, he stepped into the bar and had one. Then then had several more. That's how it is. You one is too many and a thousand is never enough. So, um, you know, he he, he bugged out, he blacked out, right? And um, you know, and that money that he talked about, the successful businessman, it only enabled him, right, to stay out longer. That's all it did. It, you know, that's all it did. Matter of fact, it could have killed him. So all you know, I thank God in my situation that I ain't I, I didn't have the money like that to stay out there like that because I would I would I would I know today I would have been dead. Right? So I, I'm I'm grateful. And get this Later on in the page, 41, as soon as I regain my ability to think, oh, my God, this is speaking to me right now. The big book is alive. It, it, it has a heart pulse. It, it's pumping blood. It, 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 it's resurrecting my life right here. As soon as I regain my ability to think, I went carefully over that evening in Washington. Not only had I been off guard, I had made no fight whatever against the first drink. So now he's admitting. The page before, he's like, I'm good. Y'all done gave me the self-knowledge, so I, I don't need anything else. I'm good. Thank you for your information. Keep it moving. But later, ain't it funny, like, later on, down on the next page, he admits that he was off guard. So he commenced to doing what he do as though the cocktails were ginger ale. Like, you know what I mean? So he kept on doing it. So let's see what happened on page 42. They had said that though I did raise a defense, it would one day give away before some trivial reason for having justification. Just that did happen and more. For what I learned of alcoholism did not occur to me at all. So that self-knowledge plus willpower equals zero. Zero, uh, zero, it, it don't really equal much. 
I saw that willpower and self-knowledge would not help in those strange mental blank spots. I've never been able to understand people who said that a problem had them hopelessly defeated. Well, experience, his experience, strength, and hope, you know, right there, experience is my best teacher, right? And it, it wasn't it wasn't because of self-knowledge and willpower. It was because I conceded, right, to my innermost self that, yo, I – Yo, I'm I'm the real deal, man. And not saying it because you know, like how you go to some meetings, you hear people say, you know what, I'm a real low bottom, bottom of the barrel, and you know, you know what, that's good, that's good, right? But if I'm saying that for ego to hear some oohs and ahs in a meeting, that ain't gonna save my life, right? That ain't gonna save my life. I'm the real deal. You know, you know, you hear people say I'm the real deal and all that. You know, they hear the oohs and ahs. I. I'm 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 a certified composer over here, right? And I'm here for a reason to get better one day at a time. I'm here for a reason to stay recovered one day at a time. So it says two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous came to see him. They grinned. He ain't like that. I ain't like that either. When you know old timers, um, <laughs> you know, coming to me and saying, you know, I know where you've been at, and you know, it, some of it may not have been in the rule of love, but some of it right here, this is this is like a, a sponsoring piece right here. Um where they said they said to him, um, man, you think you think this is it? You think you you think you're done? You think you're done drinking? You know, are are you ready? Are you ready? They gave him they gave him the the, the, the program of action which a hundred of them had followed successfully. So they gave him the program. They showed him some illustrations. He didn't see some illustrations. I mean, sometimes I got to get burned, man. I had to get burned. I had to be badly mangled to see, wow, you know what? I got a problem. I got a problem with food. I had to be badly burned. I didn't see the light. I, had to, I got burned by the fire. You know, I already told you some of the, some of the medical conditions, but that still wasn't enough. So what brought me to that point? It's easy to go to the, you know to go to meetings when I'm in a rehab and, and sit up front and, and and do all that stuff. But what happens when? What happens when I get out? Right? Does page twenty four come alive for me? It has so many times that that I, I could just forget about destroying my life. I could forget about it, right? <laughs> I forgot about it. On purpose. But what happens here on 42 is a miracle. When they outline the program, the, the program of action, right, and uh, even though they told them it, it would be pretty drastic, but wasn't living in the disease pretty drastic? The program, the, the program of action was in 12 steps. It's pretty drastic. But continuing the way I was, was more drastic, right? So quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles will solve all my problems, all my goodness. Like, if I'm spiritually fit one day at a time, I'm not going to try to maim my body again with food. I'm not going to try to destroy it with, with alcohol. Um, so I've since 
been brought into a way of living indefinitely more satisfying and I hope more useful than the life I've ever lived before. My own manner of life was by no means a bad one. I don't know about you, but mine was. I could see that straight today. So Fred's story speaks for itself, page 43. We hope it strikes home to thousands like him. He had felt only the first nip of the ringer. Most alcoholics had to be pretty badly mangled before they really commenced to solve their problems. Here we go. Fred was pretty badly mangled. Charles was pretty badly mangled. Um, and at that point, I was at, you know, I know the bottom has a trap door, but I was at that trap door bottom. I was, I, I was there, and I was pretty badly mangled. And I, at that point, I was at the first step. And I, and I had to do that first. I had to get extra credit first. I, I had to get 100, A plus, 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 plus. I had to be almost destroyed. I was at the gates of insanity and death. I was knocking on it, right? So many doctors and psychiatrists agreed with our conclusions. One of these men, staff members of a world-renowned hospital, recently made this statement to some of us. What do you say about the general hopelessness of the average alcoholic plights is, in my opinion, correct. As two of you men whose stories I have heard, there is no doubt in my mind that you were 100% hopeless apart from divine help, higher power. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Had you, had you offered not had taken you, hold on, had you offered yourselves as patients at this hospital I would have not taken you if I had been able to avoid it. People like you are too heartbreaking. Though I'm not a religious person, I have profound respect for the spiritual approach. In such cases as yours, for most cases, there is virtually no other solution. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effect, effective mental defense against that first drink. Except in a few cases, Neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. My God. My God. Which is my higher power. You know, I I just, I, I thank him every single day. Uh, I thank him for my story, my experience, strength, and hope. I thank him for even becoming pretty badly mangled so that I could be utilized as a vessel with somebody else. Like, I, ca I can't believe the things I'm doing today. And you know what? You know, I'm done with taking pictures and before and after. I'm done with all of that. Like, right, like, like I need to be humble, right? Like, I want to be here, right? And I want to be here to help others. This This program, well, my higher power, and this program and the fellowship are the most important things in my life today. It ain't about how much, you know, because this, this chapter comes alive in my life. It, it, it gives us a few illustrations of people that put, you know, um, materialistic things first, and those things could not solve their problem. Even with the money, they became almost destroyed to the point of no coming back. 
but they all conceded. The hundred, the first hundred that are recovered in this big book conceded, and they took the drastic proposals. So I know my time is pretty, I'm pretty, I'm within that minute. I just hope everybody on here fully concedes to their innermost self that control is a joke when even mentioned. I don't have any control. My higher power is in control. Um, if you don't have a higher power, uh, the meeting can be your higher power or whoever you choose to be your higher power. But sometimes, for me, not sometimes, all the time, my defense must come from a higher power. And this chapter uh, reiterates that. So with that, I'm a pass. My name is Charles. I eat too much. I'm a recovered composer over here one day at a time. And I'm grateful to have done this service. And I want to thank you, Leah, for asking me to um, do service. And I pass. Thank you so much, Charles, for cracking open this text this morning and sharing with us your experience as it relates to Chapter 3, more about alcoholism. We will offer Charles' contact information after the conclusion of this recording. Now we'll open the floor for any questions you might have uh, for Charles this morning, and you can do so by pressing star 1 to unmute. Any questions this morning? Good morning. Hi, Sally. Go ahead. My name is Diane. Oh, sorry. Sally and then Diane. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Leah, for your service, never-ending service. And Charles, thank you so much for coming to us and sharing your story with us. I'm Sally. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in South Jersey. I'm from New York originally. And I just, um, first of all, wanted to say that um, what a pleasure to have you share with us these stories, um, take us through more about alcoholism and um, and share it from a man's perspective, which has really been just really riveting for me. I, I love the chapter, and of course we all love the stories, but to hear it from a man's perspective has been just really eye-opening. Um, I guess what I really want to ask you is, can I as a woman... Uh, say to a man, what can I say to someone who I know is suffering in this disease, in this in this food addiction? Um, it seems like there's like a wall that, um, and and I have patients, and I have uh, you know people that I come in touch with on a regular basis that I would love to be able to flash them a picture of myself, 84 pounds heavier two years ago, um, and say, hey. I, I found something that that's really worked. It doesn't even cost anything. It just it just takes some time. And I want to say something, but I wouldn't even know how to approach it. And as I listened to you, I thought, um, gosh, it's got to be harder for a guy to have this disease. And I thought, no, I mean, because women are we're so vain, you know. And I think about my sisters and and the hardship of being, you know, a fat person in my in my youth and in my adult life for so many years. And I think, well, maybe not so hard for a guy. But I just wondered, from your perspective, can a woman reach a guy? Can can or is it does it have to come from a man? Um, you know, does, does it take a man? I I just. I really um, hope that perhaps you could shed some light on the perspective of, you know, try, trying to do 12-step outreach 
can a woman how can a woman talk to a man um, without being offensive or hurtful? That's my question. Thank you, Charles, for being here this morning. You're welcome. And that is such a great question because, um, you know, us men, we're, I, I don't know about you guys, but us men, we're prideful. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to have to take it back to Scripture. I'm going to have to take it back to page 30. You know, um, I think the individual has to fully conceive himself. Um, but we can be a power of example by just doing what we do in program. We are we are stubborn creatures, and I I believe that is why the ratio in OA is the way it is as um, women to men. Um, you know, I had like like I'm gonna take it back to the to the to the chapter. I had to be pretty badly mangled, right, to want to do something about the problem I have or to even admit, right, that I have a problem. You know, um, so just continue, and my, my suggestion is continue to be a power of example, and hopefully, you know, this individual is, is uh, willing, right, and pretty badly mangled, he will maybe he will start coming to you by you seeing you being a power of example. He he will be attracted to your lifestyle and will want to get what you have. Thank you, Sally, for the question. Let's move on to Diane, please. Thank you, Charles, for your story. This is Diane from Connecticut. Um, I am struggling right now, so I would just like to. Um, to leave my number, if I may. Diane, let's get that after the conclusion of this recording, certainly. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Thanks. Anyone else with questions for Charles? Star 1 to unmute. Hi, this is Sheila H. from New York. Hi, Sheila. Go ahead. Hi, good morning, Charles. Thank you so much for your qualification. Uh, thanks for hearing you again. Um, I might have missed it because I was kind of moving around, getting ready for church myself, but I heard you talking about the mental obsession, and I know that that's a, a spiritual thing that you have to do. But for folks that are struggling or when they get in those periods of, of reoccurring, and I think you might have talked about it when you went back to the um, text, and talked about Fred and, and so forth, but the mental obsession, whether you pick up or not, that mental obsession is there. What are some of the things that you've done when now that you've put this substance down and the mental obsession is kind of running rampant? If you could just shed a light a little bit on that or even point back to um, the text where that has helped you when, you when that mental obsession took over. Thanks for letting me share and I pass. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, I could, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, like 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 I said, I live in 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 ten. You know, most people say they live in ten, eleven, and twelve. Uh, I live in ten, eleven, and one. Like I said, um, sometimes the thought comes because I I think you know I think Wayne Dyer said it most, uh, said it best. Uh, the average individual has sixty thousand thoughts a day. And and some of them are going to be obsession of of the vice that <laughs> um, that 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 took me out that I allowed to take me out. 
you know, I just move a muscle, change a thought. You know, uh, when I become locked and loaded um, in in a thought, you know, I, 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 I tell the thought, thanks for sharing. I get to a meeting. I pick the phone up and make uh, a few more outreach calls, and I tell on it. I tell on, I tell on myself. And, uh, you know, I commit that in a 10-step. Uh, I pray and meditate for other people, not for myself. And I stay in step one. I admit that I'm powerless over over my addiction. And I give it to my higher power. So those are some of the things that I do if, if I become locked and loaded. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Sheila. Anyone else? Hello, Sue B. Sue B, your turn. Jean? It's actually Sue, Sue G. Sue um, G. Hello, Re- recovered and grateful in southeastern Pennsylvania. I am. Um, so I have a question for you, Charles, which sort of relates to the first question about uh, talking to men. Um, and I'm wondering, how has this program with all the women in it helped you to to love us more, to love, like, and respect us more. And I guess I'm also really asking, because I don't think this is just about men and women, I think it's about people. How has the program helped you to like, love, and respect people more? That's my question. I pass. Thank you. That's a great question. Well, to tell you, to, 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 to explain how um, <clears throat> how it taught me to respect um, you know, people. I through the twelve steps, I have I have a, a general love for all people. However, uh, and it's not different. I love all people equally, but for recovered women that's in here and, and women in general that's in All Readers Anonymous, I have a world of admiration for the for the for the strength, experience, and hope that um especially the visionaries right for for what you you guys have the courage um you have you have the courage and I respect the courage that you guys have um and you know i i have a i have a soft spot in in my heart for the people in the world the earthlings so to speak um that that may be, and I'm not saying this in a self-righteous way, that may be in denial of their disease, even though they are pretty badly mangled, if they self-diagnose themselves. I hope that helped a little. Thank you, Suji. Who's next? Hello, this is Rachel. May I speak? Rachel, good morning. Uh, yes, was Morning. there someone else? Hold on one second. Okay. So. Wait. I thought there perhaps was somebody else. I guess not. Let's start off with you, Raquel. Thank you. With the question. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Leah, for finding Charles to bring him on. And, and, and you, Charles, what a job you've done with this chapter. I love the way you did it. You just wove yourself into this chapter. It's like it's you speaking and the chapter speaking. It's it's like a, a, a stereophonic 
production. I, and I, I love especially, I mean, when you said that you finished, I just wanted to say, I, if I were you, I would have said, and I say it for you, I rest my case. If this is the truth, what this chapter is telling us, then what on earth are we doing still deceiving? What am I doing in a way still deceiving myself? Uh, and and I, I get answers here because what you said is so precious when you said that I do that you do 10, 11, and 1 because I, I think I never did. In 30 years, I've never done, in a way, I've never done step 1 the way that that this this uh, chapter speaks of or or the doctor's opinion and all the way here spending so much time I think 51 pages are just about step one you know look at step six seven a few lines step one the 100 percent step that I think most of us in in OA and that's the big problem have gone on maybe with the program the best we could uh, but not really conceding to my innermost self, I, I'm going to adapt this from you with your permission. I am going to go with this to read this chapter, please God, every day, because I, I found out that my emotional binges can do me in just as well as the binging on food and the humility that there is in this chapter and the humility in your voice. I'm going to listen to you again and again. God bless you. Thank you, Leah, for your service, and thank you, thank you so, so much, Charles, for all you gave me today, and I pass. Thank you, Raquel. Anyone else with a question for Charles? Laura? Laura, go ahead. Thanks, Leah. Um, hi, Charles. Thank you so much. This is Laura, recovered in South Jersey. Um, thank you very much for your share. I just had, could you explain a little bit more about your 11-step work that you do each day, um, if there's a specific routine you use or um, how you go about establishing and maintaining that conscious contact. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, well, what I, what I do is um, <clears throat> I have, I have some, some nice flavored candles from, um, from Bath and Body Works, and I, and I light it, and I, I set some bath water, and, and usually... This is what this is my this is what I do. I I, uh, I I count to a thousand, and I think about the ocean, and I listen to the vision for you. Mean I listen to you guys every single mo- every. It, it don't have to be the morning, specifically. Any time in the day, I, I listen to you guys for an hour, and I pray and meditate, and I thank God, my higher power, for being in this position, and and pretty much. And, and if it's on the weekend. I'll listen to a special meeting or I'll listen to a meeting from last year or and I just uh set that bath water with lavender Epsom salt and I just pray and meditate and I count to a thousand. And even when I'm finished counting to a thousand, I just close my eyes, I clasp my, my um my hands together and I thank my higher power and I give him all the glory for being in the position I'm in right now. Thank you, Charles. Anyone else with a question? This is Jean. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Jean. Go right ahead. Hi, Charles. Um, I really thank you for your sharing this morning. Um, I've been in program a lot of years, and in my area where I live, 
we do have some, we do have quite a few men in men's meetings, and uh, um, I have family members. I have men in my family who have this disease, and they don't want what I have. Um, they know about it. Some of them are in other twelve-step programs, and um, I can't. I'm powerless over that. I can't do anything about that. They have to come to their own ends, and it's really, really difficult as a grandmother to watch this. And I love them, and I have to be quiet. So um, I don't know what you would have to offer me on that, if anything, but it was really, really good to hear you. Sometimes I sneak on a men's meetings on a, on a Sunday morning <laughs> and listen. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, as I as I told, I mean, this this question is is is, is very good. You know, um, you know, I, I'm gonna take you to scripture. I believe it's page ninety six in the big book. You know, um, you can't give somebody something they don't want. But you can continue to be a power of example, and you know, hopefully, you know it'll rub off on them. But you know, if we, you know, if I, and I just, and I'm just gonna say this: if if I go around wearing a shirt saying, "I'm in a way, you need to come in," then I, there's no spirituality. No, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not saying you would do that. But I'm just saying there are people. I used to be that way before I was transformed. Like you guys need to do this and. I, I wouldn't be such a very uh, nice uh, person. So, you know, just continue. My suggestion is continue to be a power of example. You know, maybe you could leave the big book somewhere they could see it, and maybe they might get interested one day. Maybe they might, you know, hopefully become, you know, interested on their own. Because if uh, if they don't want it, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna be indulging in it. So. It's tough because I know a lot of people that that seems like they need it, but they need to diagnose themselves. Unfortunately, just like we had to diagnose ourselves. Thanks, Jean, for the question. Anyone else with a question for Charles this morning? Star one to unmute. This is Chelsea. Hey, Chelsea, go right ahead. Thanks. Hi, Charles. Thanks for your service. Chelsea, I'm a recovered compulsive reader for today. Charles, um, with the story of Jim, we have him six times in succession going back out, it looks like, from the um, information. Sorry, I'm walking as I'm going through my car. Um, so my question is, when you're working with others, what are some of the suggestions you can give for those who, it looked like Jim had walked through the process because it said they told him what he knew of alcohol, and then he made a beginning. It looks like he didn't work anything on the um, enlarging of the spirituality part. So can you kind of speak to as, uh, as you work with others and you've come to the realization yourself and since there aren't a lot of men in, maybe you can even speak to, do you work just, do you go to other fellowships? When you're carrying the message and you're working with others, what are some of the um, practices that um, you have in place that uh, um, can help somebody who has gone back out again or somebody who um, 
believe the lie again that this time it would be different. And again, thanks for your service. Thank you, Chelsea. Um, well, you know, if they go back out again, you know, uh, start over. That's why I stay in step one. That's why I stay in ten, eleven, and one. Um, you know, that's what that's what my sponsor did with me. Like, if if something happened and something he sees that 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 that's not working, he says, "Go back over that step, start again." If I, you know, I I I, I can recall hate calling my sponsor because I know he's going to tell me. But today, based on that spiritual fitness, uh, you know, I know he's not going to tell me anything wrong, and I love him today. And 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 that's not that's that's not the relationship of a sponsor, but it's the root of it is love. So um, there's a I tell you, Chelsea, there's a lot of men where I live at, and um, as concerned with other fellowships, it's kind of tough. They got to jump on in because uh, I've gone to other fellowships and I've had an uh, individual I was working with, and they just they, like Jim, they put money first, and that chapter. Uh, more about alcoholism, most of these people think that going after the money is going to solve their problem. And obviously we've seen that that doesn't solve their problem. So that's exactly what happens with um, with a lot of the men in my area. They uh, go after the money, and um, I guess they have to diagnose themselves again. But I can just be a powerful example for them and, and just love them when they're ready to come back. Thank you, Chelsea. Who else has a question for Charles this morning? Teresa in D.C. Hi, Teresa. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Nancy. And then Nancy. Teresa and then Nancy. Let's go. Okay. Um, Good morning, Charles. I wanted to know if I heard you correctly during your share. Did you say that you turn over your food to your sponsor and your sponsees? And, And is that part of your step one kind of daily routine, that's part one, and um, if not, then what is it that you do on a daily basis to remain in step one? Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, I do. I turn my food over to my sponsor and my sponsees. Um, That is part of my my step one, and uh, it's accountability for me because, you know what, my sponsees, uh, they, they like like the big books. I'm gonna take it back to the scripture. When I say that, when I say take it back to the scripture, I mean back to the back to the source. Uh, they they help me more than I can ever help them, and they're um. It, it's accountability, you know. If I take it to somebody, a human being, somebody else is 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 is, is another eyes, and believe me, they 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 look at everything I write. So they're sponsors and trainers. That's 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 my job. It's my responsibility, and it keeps me grounded in step one. That my sponsee can be like, well, okay, that's what he's eating, you know. So it's another set of eyes. It's 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 admitting powerlessness. It keeps me grounded, and if I stay in, if I stay in the basics, I never have to return because I'm already in there. Thank you, Teresa, for that question. Nancy, your turn. Hi, good morning. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Charles. This was what a delight to wake up on Sunday morning and hear your voice. Uh, thank you so much. I like it that you always keep it real. 
my question is, I'd like your opinion on cross-gender sponsoring. What are your opinions? How do you feel about men sponsoring women and women sponsoring men? Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I've tried it. Step four, roadblock. Uh, you know, outreach calls is fine. Um, but when, you know, when you get to step four, it can get hairy, especially when, if you're doing the, uh, if you, if you're doing step work based on the, uh, the big book with those three, uh, inventories, <laughs> it gets hairy when you get to that sexual inventory. I tried it and I, I suggested, um, that the individual look for a female sponsor. So okay. it, it, it can get hairy. Thank you, Nancy, for that question. Anyone else this morning? Questions for Charles? Hi, this is Michael. I have a question. I'm not sure if it's appropriate or not. You can tell me. Um, I, in, in just in, in Charles speaking and someone else mentioning uh, about maintenance for men, I'm on maintenance. Is there a, a, a meeting online, I mean, on the phone for maintenance for men? I'm pretty sure you could probably look. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Exactly sure on the information, but I'm pretty sure there should be something there if you research it. All right. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Michael? Yes. Anyone Questions for Charles? Uh, Debbie in Canada? Yes. Go ahead, please. Um, this has been really, thank you for your service, Charles and Leah. Charles, this has been really helpful for me because this week I struggled and my sponsor uh, has asked me to go back to this particular chapter and read it again. Um, and I'm wondering, how do you really know when you've admitted you were powerless? Because I still do get the obsession. I still do, I am still fighting it and uh like this past week the obsession came out and I didn't make I didn't do anything to fight it. I didn't really talk to it or call anyone. I just gave into it. And yet I know that the big book says that if you don't think you re that you're uh hopeless, then go out and try some more. But I'm terrified to try some more um because I've been there and I don't want to be there. Is that enough for a step one, or is there more to that? Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, you know, if you, you know, if you, if you, uh, we're humans, right? But you know, without sounding harsh, we, how much do you want? You know, if you if you fall, you get back up again and go to a meeting. If you if, if one meeting ain't enough, go to two. You know, go to three, make outreach calls, tell on yourself, just be totally, concede to your innermost self, right? Uh, I, I would strongly suggest you read page 30. I mean, just continue to read it until you can research, until you can recite it, because that that's the page that really, um, you know, that's the first step in recovery. You know, the word control is on there five times. Why, in my opinion? Because I have no control. And once I admit that I'm out of control, it just gets better. 
I mean, turn your food over. Turn to turn your food over. Be accountable for your food, and that's where it starts. Get help. Get outside help with you with with, with a food plan. And um, it took it it took it takes it takes what it takes. So um, how willing are you? And and page three seventeen says in the big book, the source. The two most important things is willingness and action. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Anyone else this morning? Questions for Charles? Going once. Twice. And three times. I'm assuming all minds are clear. Charles, we thank you again for your time this morning in bringing to life Chapter 3, more about alcoholism as it relates to your personal experience. And I'm going to close this morning's meeting with the way we always close our meetings here on A Vision for You. And it's from page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.